Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So, uh... I'll get started with a a little bit about myself. I'm 19 years old and currently live in the UK. Previously, I was uh, an extreme skeptic of all things supernatural. Ghosts and demons and all those stories just never fazed me as I can normally convince myself of a, a rational explanation. However, lately I've had strange experiences that seem to have changed the way that I think. Not about ghosts or that sort of stuff, but about aliens. You see, I've always had an underlying fear of grey aliens. Not an extreme phobia or anything, such as arachnophobia, where the sufferers can't even look or hear about their feared creatures. In fact, I have an extreme interest in the concept of aliens and wish to believe that they're real and we're not alone in the universe. However, something about the idea of grey aliens just presents me with a an intense feeling of dread and despair when I think about them in my own life. I can't sleep being able to see outside or facing anything with a corner that I cannot see around. I also find it difficult to sleep without any kind of sound to distract myself with and help me doze off without much thought. Now, approximately three months ago, I encountered my first ever night terror. These were common for my dad who experienced them for years. His night terrors, however, were generally funny, him seeing weird things like my nan's eyes glowing neon that woke him up screaming. My only night terror to date was very different. I laid in bed with my girlfriend and fell asleep and I remember each part of the dream like it was real. I awoke in the same clothes with the same sleeping position with my curtains in the same position and everything. The curtains were slightly open so I did struggle to sleep but I didn't want to make a fuss and look like an idiot in front of her or anything. A boyfriend who can't sleep because he's scared of the tiniest side of the outside? Get a grip, man. The only thing that happened in the dream, though, was that I could see a face, the dead center of the gap in the window. It didn't move and it didn't blink, it just sort of floated there, looking at me. Whatever it was, though, it 
It wasn't human. Its face was long, almost shaped like a, a slice of pizza or something, rounded at the top and thinned down to the point at the bottom. It may have been that it was blocked by the curtains too, but this was all I could see and as much as I wanted to see to be honest. Its eyes were large, too large, black as night, no pupils, no movement, just there, but I could tell that it was looking at me too. I felt the same sense of dread that I do with the alien fear that I have, the feelings of my heart sinking and an inability to move and in fear of what might be waiting around each corner. I awoke hyperventilating, in fact the same hyperventilating I encountered at the end of my dream. My girlfriend woke me up in fear of what was going on with me, but I just shrugged it off as a nightmare. Ever since though, strange things have been occurring in the house. My family had reported strange things happening before, but my lack of experience has led me to believe them to be uh, explainable, weird things that just happened for a reason or something such as a lack of balance or wind from outside, the usual. My mother claimed that she had seen a man look at her through the doorway of our living room but disappear when she looked directly at the area. Her and my brother's girlfriend also experienced the same dream on the same night, talking to twin girls by each of their respective bedsides. My brother and sister claimed to see shadows run past doorways and my father claimed curtains moved on their own with no windows open. I never truly believed these claims until my experiences started. Since that night terror, weird things have been happening around the home which, to be honest, really terrify me. Items have flown from sides which we could not see but were impossible to fall. Entire books which weighed upwards of a kilogram approximately fell to the floor despite being completely on the side with no parts over the edge. But loud bangs were heard at night from our downstairs that scared our animals and sounded like gunshots, but nothing moved upon investigation. As I live in the UK, it's also extremely difficult to get a hold of firearms, and nobody, as far as I know in our local area, has even held a rifle, let alone shot one in their house. Our cat continues to look at things too, which just aren't there, following them around rooms with their eyes, which dilate to their maximum level, looking at nothing. Knocking has been heard at our back door too, which is made entirely of glass, mind you, meaning that we would see anyone who would do it. Our technology constantly bugs out too, with lights flickering constantly, light bulbs lasting no longer than a few weeks at most, and Wi-Fi in our home being ineffective despite constant upgrades and extenders. It almost feels as if something is blocking electrical signals, especially in my room as I plugged a cable straight into the router that connects to my Xbox two floors up, which one night was just pulled out from underneath my door, despite being so tightly wrapped anywhere besides just outside my room that pulling on it from anywhere other than there would conclude with failure. The weird experience though was straight after we heard the knocking on the back door. I retreated lazily up to my room to just play video games and the top landing light was broken again, meaning that it was not on and no other upstairs room lights were turned on with my door being shut and suddenly a, a bright blue flash occurred as if it originated from my room. Almost as if someone had just used a, an extremely powerful torch that filled the entire floor for a second, despite my door being completely closed. I have no idea what these things mean and I try to explain away, but I feel as though each event just keeps drawing me back to that one night terror with that face that scared me to death. 
even as I write, I can feel that dread engulf me. I'm uh, unable to stay calm and feeling as though around every corner something just continues to peer around and watch my every moment. I just want to know what's wrong, to be honest. If it is psychological, then what can I do to fix it? I don't know if it is aliens like I believe it might be, but that dread that I feel with the face, these events and my previous feelings about aliens are one and the same and I want to know what I can do to just make it stop. At the time this story took place, I was about 13 years old. My parents split when I was pretty young and my mum had to provide for my sister and myself. And My mum is really honest and thorough with her work so she found it rewarding to clean offices and houses for money. My sister and I often went with her to clean up too and by the time that this story took place, we were pretty used to it. So my mum had three buildings she cleaned regularly which we came up with nicknames for. There was the main building, the red building, and the brick building. Brilliant, I know. We had to clean all three buildings that night, so we started with the red building. This, out of all the places that I've ever been to help my mum, was my least favourite. I hated going there. It looked normal from the outside, mind you, but every time I took a step inside, I, I felt depressed and uneasy. It was like all the purpose of life had just been sucked out of the world and I just wanted to fall asleep. At this time, it had been a while since we had visited the Red Building and there was this bathroom in the surveillance room that needed to clean badly. The surveillance room was usually locked and I actually had never been in this room. The first thing my sister and I noticed was the wall of monitors each displaying the feet of the security cameras that were everywhere in the building. We had some fun playing around with the monitors, making one of us stay in the surveillance room while the others make faces and stuff in the camera in another room. I would like to mention too that my sister and I have a close relationship and we've always just been weird. We both laugh at jokes and stupid stuff and we also like to scare each other. Anyway, our mum got onto us about goofing around and assigned us both some jobs. After about an hour and a half of scrubbing and vacuuming and whatnot, we were almost done and my mum was in the break room kitchen and my sister was hovering somewhere nearby. I was extremely tired by this point and I just wanted to lie down or do anything except work. I was watching my mum prepare the water to mop the kitchen with when she asked me if I would like to mop or go and turn off the lights upstairs. I was so exhausted that I was only thinking about not doing work so I decided to turn off the lights and I headed up the narrow stairs into the kitchen. The layout of the upstairs was odd since it used to be an apartment building. There are two sets of staircases on opposite sides of the building and I went up the ones in the kitchen. The other set was in the entryway of the front door. At the top of those stairs there was this hallway too that I always like to avoid. So I started turning off lights one by one and I was thinking about how we still had two other buildings to clean and I needed to pull myself together. I blocked out my surroundings and was effortlessly flipping switches. But the second that I walked into the hallway that I tried to avoid, I became a little more aware of what I was doing. Ever since I was little, I, I've been afraid of the dark, so I started turning off the lights in the offices that surrounded the hallway. 
I got carried away in shutting off the lights, to which, when I reached the point to turn off the hallway light, I jumped from a small step in an office doorway to the center of the hall. The hallway ceiling was really high, so the light switch was actually just a string that dangled from it. I wrapped my hand around the string and pulled, and as soon as the room went dark, I was filled with dread. And then, I heard a very soft grunt coming from behind me. It sounded like when a person dies naturally and their body relaxes or something, so all the air in their lungs is just released. As soon as I heard it, my whole body stiffened with fear too and adrenaline and I started to sweat. It felt like if I turned around, I was going to die or something. Like whatever I saw, if I looked behind me, would consume me whole. I felt so powerless and terrified and I didn't know what to think and just that if I stayed there any longer, I was going to get hurt. My body took over my mind through adrenaline and I ran down the stairs faster than I knew I could. I ran directly into the surveillance room hoping that my sister was in there and I called out her name. No response. I was so desperate and terrified that I ran over to the monitors and started scanning for anyone near me that I could run to. The first movement I saw was in the screen that showed the stairs that I had just run down. And I saw my sister walking down them with her coat and Boba Fett hat on with a mop in her hand. I took a deep breath and lied down on the couch that was in the surveillance room and I was so relieved that it was my sister. I knew that she had just scared me and that she always did that and it made perfect sense. I had thought that she mopped the kitchen and then followed me up the stairs and took the opportunity to scare me. After I calmed down, I walked into the kitchen where I saw my mom and my sister talking. I leaned on the island counter and told my sister that she scared me and she looks at me and asks, what? I repeated myself and she asks when she scared me. I told her that she came up behind me upstairs when I was turning off the lights and I laughed and asked if I looked dumb running down the stairs. Both my mum and my sister weren't laughing though. They were staring at me with confused faces, so I asked them what. My sister began to say that she was downstairs talking to her mum ever since I walked up to turn the lights off. I told her that I knew that she was lying because I saw her on the cameras walking down the stairs. I described that I saw her holding a mop and that she was wearing both her hat and coat. And then my mum chimes in that my sister wasn't lying and that they really were talking. I began to think at this point that my mum was in the joke too, so I told my sister to follow me to the surveillance room and I pointed to the exact monitor I saw her walking down the stairs on. And that was when she told me that she took off her coat the second we walked into the building and hadn't put it back on since. She also only walked down those stairs once with the mop, but that was way earlier. I was confused and a little bit scared and when we packed up our things and we got into the car, my sister told me what doppelgangers are. I never knew what they were before this and I had never heard a story about them either, which only makes it more terrifying for me to be honest. I thought of every way that I could rationalize this, but nothing just ever made sense. First, I thought maybe the footage wasn't live, but then remembered how my sister and I were playing with the cameras. Maybe I was just paranoid about the dark, but I do know for sure what I felt was real. I still don't fully understand what happened, and 
I wonder what would have happened if I had turned around instead of running. Anyway, I know some people are bound not to believe me, but I'm thankful for the people that don't think I'm crazy because they've experienced the same exact thing. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So my father has had his fair share of strange and paranormal encounters in his lifetime so far. However, one experience that really stuck to him took place in 1982 when he was 13 and still living in the Philippines. He was attending school at Christ the King Missionary Seminary in Quezon City, a Roman Catholic institution that prepared students for priesthood. Obviously, my father never followed through with the program, thank goodness, as he admitted that he was never really serious about becoming a priest and that joining the seminary was really just a means for him to live more independently. And apparently, this story is partly responsible for changing his mind. So... My father and his friends, John, Rob, Richard and Nick, all attended the seminary, but none of whom actually became priests either. Go figure. Everything stemmed from when Nick got sick with the flu one time. He was quarantined in the seminary infirmary so as to prevent other students from getting sick as was standard procedure, and no one thought anything of it to be honest. It was when he was released two days later though that things started getting weird. My dad explained that Nick came back acting abnormally reserved and just quiet. Instead of laughing and joking around in the mass hall, he would just stay silent, sometimes with his head down and sometimes just staring blankly at the window, never looking at or talking to anyone. One day though, during lunch, my dad and the rest of the group noticed tears running down Nick's face as he just quietly cried at the table, head still down and still refusing to talk to anyone. Concerned, my dad and his friends notified one of the seminary regents, sort of like a, a cross between a youth leader and an RA, and Nick was summoned into the regent's office. The group approached the regent after the fact, asking what was up with Nick and if he was okay. 
The region explained that after asking Nick what was wrong and if he was okay, Nick finally admitted that there's this man who's following me and I didn't want to say anything because I didn't think anyone would believe me. Nick was then asked to describe the man who was following him and he explained that the man was wearing a pair of jeans but was shirtless and he apparently had no face. According to the regent, after Nick described what the man looked like, he completely snapped, panicking and sobbing, yelling things at the regent like, I really don't want to see him anymore, please, I don't want to see him, just help me, please help me. The regent along with the prefect, who was sort of like a, a school principal, a priest, who were also present in the office, had to hold Nick down as he was just completely distraught. After praying for a bit, they were able to calm Nick down and ensured him that they'd always be available if he ever needed anything before dismissing him from their office. Although disturbed by the incident, my father initially thought that maybe excessive stress might have been the cause of his friend's outburst or something. However, it should also be noted that the possibility of ghosts and demons and other malicious entities were no surprise to the seminarians as new students were always initially warned that because the seminary was a house of reformation and that students were preparing themselves to carry out God's work, resistance coming from opposing entities who wanted to drive out students were common and to be expected. Either way, my dad and the rest of the group gave Nick his space for the next couple of days assuming that he just wanted to be alone for a while until he felt more like himself. That is, until the night things came to a head. Now, everyone was in their dorm rooms and Nick and my father and their friend Richard had their beds situated right next to each other. Everyone was setting up their mosquito nets and getting ready to sleep when a sudden shout from Nick just startled everyone. He began yelling, get away from me. According to my father, his outcry was followed by two aggressive swings as Nick tried to fight off some unseen assailant. And what happened next, my father still truly doesn't know what to believe. He apparently watched as Nick's head just whipped back as if he was struck by a blow to the jaw. And then his whole body was forcefully thrown into the air. My father, although somewhat religious, is still a fairly skeptical guy and he claims that the way that Nick's body was shoved back just seemed genuine, with no bend to his knees to justify him simply just jumping back like that. If it was all just in his head, then my dad stated that Nick was a really good actor. But the night only got stranger from there. As soon as Nick was struck by this unseen force, he got knocked unconscious and the regent was called immediately followed by the prefect and priest. Together, they carried Nick into the regent's office. As disturbed and afraid as my father was, he, John, and Rob ended up trailing behind them, partly out of concern, but mainly out of plain stupid curiosity. The doors of the regent's office were shut behind the group, and my father was immediately regretting being so nosy. The room was incredibly tense and thick with fear. It was evident on even the priest's face that he was wary and reluctant of having to deal with Nick and a possible demon. The regent, prefect and priest all figured that my dad and the group would stick around to help with praying over him and help him regain consciousness and they quickly do as instructed and start praying the rosary. As if the night wasn't already creepy enough, halfway through praying the Hail Mary, 
my father's friend John just starts to talk complete gibberish and what my father could only explain as speaking in tongues. After this nonsensical outburst, John promptly collapses and luckily the priest was quick enough to catch him and set him on the floor before he hit his head on anything. At this point, my father is just confused and terrified as all hell, wishing that he'd never decided to join the damn seminary in the first place and that he could just be safe at home instead, watching episodes of Three's Company with his dad. Of course, there wasn't much else that they could do at that moment other than continue to pray and hope things got better. John regained consciousness shortly after, almost as if nothing had happened, although noticeably confused. My father actually asked him what the hell caused him to talk like he did, to which John replied with a repeated, I don't know. They finished praying after a while and Nick was still unconscious. Deciding that the group had done all that they could do to help, the regent, the prefect and the priest all agreed that the boy should go back to their dorms and get some sleep, telling them that Nick would stay in the office with them overnight, presumably to continue watch and pray over him and perhaps call medical authorities. The group obeyed and returned to their dorm, rejoining the rest of the students who were just as unnerved and unable to sleep from the night's turn of events. My dad's friend Reggie, whose bed was right next to his, meekly asked him if they could share a bed as he was too afraid to be alone, to which my father agreed. My dad remembers that he and Reggie were shaking so violently from fear that he could hear the bed frame shake as well, something that he laughs about now despite being so unsettled at the time. The next morning, Nick's parents picked him up from the seminary for a two-week leave, and apparently when he came back the two weeks later, Nick was just back to his normal self, and no one ever brought it up after that. A while after these events, long after my father and his friends had left the seminary, Nick had a falling out with a group over personal issues, and so my dad is just no longer in contact with them. John is still a close family friend though and my father will sometimes bring this story back up with him and he's considered extreme anxiety or paranoia and everything as possible explanations for what happened at the seminary. However, those are all just theories and they really don't fit all that well. It remains something that my father just still cannot fully explain. I mean, the fact that he had a flu and everything could explain why maybe he was having some sort of hallucination but the way my father describes that night when he was like punched and pushed and thrown into the air or whatever it was he uh he still wonders over that i'm from canada alberta and that's all i can really say is i have to keep things as um private as possible. I've worked at this nursing home for about a year and a half as a cleaner and a food server now. I usually work the late cleaning shifts and as of late I've had weird things happen. Things just keep progressing the longer I work here too. And things are especially strange in one area of the building particularly. I can assure you that this is all 100% true as well. I used to be skeptical about things like this until I uh, started working here. So, here's when it all started. I went in to do my late shift as any other day, but please note that I'm also pregnant in these stories. So, late shifts include cleaning the dining rooms and the kitchens and doing all the laundry from that day. Mind you, this is a, 
a really big old facility and I'm working alone on late shifts. There's two dining rooms that can sit 70 people at least and one kitchen and one laundry room that have those big industrial washers and dryers. So there is always lots of cleaning to be done. I was doing my usual routine, sweeping the floors of the first dining room before mopping it when I uh, suddenly smelled a really bad odour and it made me sick to my stomach. I thought that maybe the cooks had left some rotten meat in the trash can, but to my surprise, all the garbages were cleaned out. I went back down to the dining room though to figure out where the smell was coming from, and I followed the smell down past the kitchens and into the hallway where the rooms are. This was the east wing of the building, and there's only five residents living in this area of the building, and it includes our laundry room area as well. This wing is the older wing that has yet to be renovated, so a lot of the rooms are empty. I followed the smell down the hall, all the way to the empty room at the end of the hallway, and I knew nobody lived in there. I knew all my residents well and where they all lived. This room is room 218, and you could just smell the foul odor emanating from the door. I assume that the cleaning ladies from the morning had left a trash bag full of rotten food in there or something. They often leave things behind while cleaning, so no harm done, I thought. I'll just throw it out myself. But because of fire safety policies of our facility, I had a master key that unlocked all the rooms. I unlocked the door and opened to the room, and the smell just hit me and almost made me puke right there. Covering my nose, I proceeded to walk into the room as there was an immediate noticeable change in temperature. It was like the AC had been running in this room all day and I just had a, a terrible uneasy feeling the whole time that I was in there and I immediately wanted to leave. I searched the room quickly for anything that could be making the horrible smell and I was confused when all there was was a, an empty closet and bathroom. I just thought that Maybe it could be a dead animal stuck in the wall and I'd have to leave a note to my manager. I shut unlocked the door and started down the hall and then suddenly I heard a really loud knock against the door. A chill ran through my whole body as I turned around to face the door and I was sure nobody was in there as I'd just been in there. And then I heard it again, but this time much louder. Twice as hard on the door in fact and I felt pale. Being the pregnant and cowardly girl that I was, I just began to run down the hall as fast as I could manage. I didn't know what or who or what the hell was going on with that room, but I felt that I had a reason to be afraid. I got back to the kitchen fast and dialed 911 on the phone, as I was sure that someone had broken in and was messing with me. I told the operator that it was a possible break-in, and they told me that there was a policeman on patrol two minutes away, and I sighed at my luck and waited at the front doors. When the policeman finally showed up, I explained everything as I showed him what room. He went down the hall and cleared the room, and he told me that nobody was found, and the room had still been locked. Even the windows were untouched, and he said that there was no smell. I was, a uh, I was startled by this because only a few minutes ago, I could have sworn that I smelt rotting meat and heard the knocks. I ruled it out as my tiredness and my pregnancy brain at the time, and he took a report and went on his way. Mind you, I was still very uneasy as I finished up my shift, but 
This was the, uh, the first time I've experienced anything paranormal. The second time, again, I was working the late shift one night and I was in the laundry room just finishing up the last bit of my shift. I was folding the laundry and was just caught in my own thoughts. Now, this room has really large windows. Being late and dark, you can see your reflections in the surrounding room through the dark windows too. I looked down at the laundry and looked back up and my heart stopped as I saw an old man with black dark eyes just staring back at me smiling. I screamed and looked behind me, thinking that it was a resident messing with me, and to my horror, there was nobody there. I felt really uneasy as I looked around, and I looked out in the hall, but there was nobody there either. I said hello, but there was no answer, and after that, I, I felt sick. I finished what laundry I had left, and Locked up the laundry room and as I was locking the door I could see an elderly man standing at the end of the hallway in my peripheral. I turned to look and it was the man who was just behind me a few minutes ago. He was smiling, eyes grey and black. I take note that he definitely isn't familiar and he's a tall heavier man wearing jeans and a, a white t-shirt that's tucked in. He was a bald man and clearly elderly and he was just standing there smiling at me. The smile sent shivers down my spine too and I thought maybe that we got a new resident and my manager just forgot to mention it or something and so I called out. Ah, uh, hello sir, do you need anything? I'm Bell and I'm working on the night shift, uh, it's nice to meet you. I managed under my intense anxiety. But he just stood there smiling. Uh, if you need anything, feel free to call the staff phone, okay? Uh, I'll be over in no time. I was so very uneasy and just wanted to go back to the staff room and he just stood there continuing to grin. I smiled back and waved nervously and I said, uh, Have a good night, sir, and uh, feel free to call me if you need anything, okay? I walked away in a hurry and just as I got back to the staff room, the phone started blaring. I looked at the caller ID and it's coming from 218. I felt really uneasy, but it must have been just a new resident or something, so perhaps he was just too shy to talk to me. I didn't know, but I hesitated and finally answered. Uh, hello sir? How can I help you tonight? There was a, a deep crisp growl from the other end of the phone, and it didn't sound at all human. It scared the shit out of me, and then the phone just went to static. Uh, hello? Hello? I said nervously. The phone went to dial tone and I sat there for I don't know how long and my heart was pounding in my throat. But due to uh, safety protocols, I had to go check on the resident too. As much as my instincts told me to avoid him, I walked nervously down the east wing, my heart pounding in my ears. I came to room 218 and I knocked on the door and asked if the person was okay but there was no answer. So I knocked again and still no answer, and I became concerned. What if my resident was attacked by something? That growl, it definitely wasn't human. But I was also pregnant and didn't want to storm in and be attacked by God knows what. So I turned around to get the phone from the staff room, and then I heard the door creak open very slowly behind me. 
I walked over to the door slowly, and before pushing it open, I said, Uh, hello? Sir, are you alright in there? I pushed the door open at this point. I was expecting something or someone to jump out at me, but when I opened the door, there was nothing. Nobody in the room and no belongings that would imply someone lived there. It was just completely empty, but I had a, a terrible feeling like I was just being watched and I searched the room and that smell of rotten meat filled my nose again. And then I heard the most terrifying laugh and it burst through my ears like knives. It was such a deep and low and just cackling laugh and I literally shit myself as I ran out of the room so fast. I didn't even bother to shut the door and as I was running, I was thinking to myself, am I going crazy? I could have sworn that there was no one in there. I mean, I didn't see anyone. What the hell's going on? That night, I, I finished my shift quickly and I just walked the fuck out of there early. I didn't give a shit about spending one more minute there. But sadly, this is not where it ends. Due to being a soon-to-be single mum and pregnant, I had no other option but to stay here until... I was on maternity leave, as my husband died a few months ago due to a, a drunk driver hitting him. He was supposed to come home that night to cook a meal and at my positive pregnancy test and all that, and he didn't even get to know that he was going to be a dad. Anyway, I was stuck there for a while, but that's where I'm uh, going to leave it off for now. If you guys would like to hear more of my experiences, then... Please be sure to leave a comment below as I definitely have more than a few to share. Thanks for listening. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish, or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.